welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season four, episode 20, The Yoko Factor. I don't have any announcements. No. It's been a pretty slow week. It has. It has. All right. So let's let's talk about this episode. Yes. Um, They <laughs> smacked a bag that was behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Mary is okay. apparently flailing because of this I'm, episode. I'm flailing. <laughs> this episode. Ooh. The Yoko Factor, it aired May 9th, 2000. And our synopsis is, The sinister and powerful Adam decides to advance his plans for humanity's demise by enlisting Spike to turn the gang against one another without their suspecting it. Spike's reward? Removal of the anti-violence chip in his head, which has prevented the vampire from attacking humans. Is his plan humanity's demise? Because last week he was saying he needed casualties on both sides. I don't even. I don't even know what Adam's his, plan is anymore. His and the description. The description of him in in that synopsis makes him sound a lot cooler than he really is. Right? He is. He is not that cool. Yeah. Like I. There's a lot of things that I like about this season, and Adam is not one of them. No. He's just. I think we t- and I think we talked about it before, but if there had been more of a buildup, yeah, Adam, and that you know, because they kind of threw they kind of threw it on you that there was this secret project going on, and you really didn't have much to build up to this point. And even Bill, even if we had something to build up to this point, he still sucks. Yeah, he's just he, and we we're going to be rewarded next season with the big bad. Yes, we are. Next next season, we get a very awesome big bad. Yeah, but this is Adam's stupid. I can't wait till I can't wait till this season is over, just so that we can. Oh, we're get, so get close. Of, get, I know, I know, and we're gonna be. We're gonna get rid of Adam next week. Oh, so exciting! Yeah, so exciting that we get rid of Adam next week. Yeah, and we're so like we are so close to the. We almost made the end of the season before vacations. Yeah. But we'll finish the season before my vacation. We won't finish it before yours. Yes. All right. So what are our international titles? This week, we have in Finnish, Dangerous Life. And again, I took everything out. That was like the Yoko Factor. Yeah, obviously. Italian, The Seed of Discord. Oh, I like that. That, Yeah, that's a good one. And Japanese is Yoko Predisposition. I kind of like that one too. But The Seed (laughs) of Discord is the best. Seed of Discord, yeah, yeah. Like... Especially because, again, Yoko Factor is such a specific reference. It is. That, yes, yes, it translated for the other ones, but the meaning is kind of lost in a lot of cases. But, yeah, I like the seed of discord because that's exactly what he's doing. He's sowing the seeds of discord. So we do get a previously on this week uh, reminding us that Riley's left the initiative and that Adam has recruited Spike. We're also reminded that Willow chose Tara and Buffy finally told Riley about her past relationship with Angel. Now what's interesting mm-hmm. is that we also get a short segment showing us what happened on Angel. How Buffy followed Faith to LA. How Angel refused to let Buffy beat the shit out of Faith. How Buffy told Angel about Riley. And how Angel basically told Buffy to get fucked and go back to Sunnydale. A lot of things going on. Yeah, yeah. I It was it was nice having that and Angel from yeah. Anthony Stewart head. Because yeah, we like, and again, back in the day... We were watch, you know, we were watching it. That was the thing. We watched one episode, and then when there was a crossover, we were watching Angel. So doing it the way that we're doing it, eventually we're going to be like, oh yeah, that's right, that's what happened. Anyway, after that, we're all at Initiative Headquarters. The CEO from last week talking to the higher ups in Washington over video call. He's telling them how the boys are doing well. Capture rate is high and steady. Morale's a problem though. Given Walsh's death, Adam's escape, and everything else. Washington wants to know about Finn. The CEO doesn't think he was ever the soldier Washington hoped he'd be. Nevertheless, they want him back. They'll find him. He won't stray far from the girl. Buffy Summers. Washington says there isn't much on her. She's just a girl. And 
this is why the CEO sucks and systemic misogyny is spread into Riley. And it's not just, and it's not even just that, but like, I know we talked about it already about how you have the Slayer who is this line that has been protecting everybody from the forces of evil for centuries. And now you have these asshole military people that think they know everything it's it's just it's so stupid it's so stupid and they are so unprepared and they're just i i hate them and i do like like one of the things that i did like when we were talking about the lost slayer is how the initiative was forced to work with Mm -hmm. the council and how probably in that universe they realized just how unprepared they were for everything but anyway fuck the initiative At Adam's little hideout, Spike tells him that she is so much more than that. She's dangerous. Adam agrees. She makes things interesting. No, no, no. He's not getting it. (laughs) He goes up against her unprepared and he's going to be dead. She's put a stop to every supposedly unstoppable baddie that's come to town. Things go down and she's going to be in the thick of it. Is he ready for that? He's counting on it. Credits. Still awesome. I really like how you have Spike, who is the voice of reason. You know, this, oh, yeah. is, this is how things are. This is exactly what you have to watch out for. After the credits, we return to Adam's hideout and Spike telling Adam about his past. So he killed two slayers and yet he's afraid of this one. <laughs> watch it. He's not scared of anything. He just knows his enemy. Then why hasn't he killed her? Spike hesitates for a moment, as the answer is clearly he loves her. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no. So, like... (laughs) No, we were gonna... (laughs) Side quest. Um, no. They are not in an emotional relationship yet. I know, I'm teasing you, Mary. (laughs) I was gonna say, but it's been made very clear that he's been, like, into her since that moment he was spying on her at the bronze. Yes, I am just, I am... He he is in love with her and he's not ready to get rid of her, so he hasn't killed her. I am, I am just fucking with you. (laughs) Because I know how to get you, to get you. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no. Wants to keep her around, but he does eventually sputter out rotten luck. That and the chip in his head. Ah, yes, the chip. Mm-hmm. Adam feels his pain. Spike doubts it, but Adam, he launches into this speech Ugh. about how Spike's animal nature, raw and savage, is being locked up, forced down. And he tells Spike he can unleash that savageness. Adam has way too many dumb speeches. Yeah, he does. This one, this one was pretty good as far as his speeches go. Yeah. Because, because I mean, Spike is, Spike's looking a little hot and bothered by this turn of phrase. Yeah. Which, you know, he used to be a poet. He appreciates wordsmithery. But like, I don't know yet. Adam likes to monologue way too much. I'm just, I, I, again, it's just me being tired of him and ready to. Oh yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'm like, can you please just stop talking and do something? I don't care, just... And yeah, like, and yes, Spike can can appreciate a turn of phrase, but I would rather hear Spike doing a turn of phrase than... There we go. Somebody other than Adam. Like, I don't even mind long monologues, but Adam is just boring. <laughs> I like how this just all boils down to, like, I just don't like Adam. I, I don't know, like, I think, I think it's just me being on shark week and have absolutely no tolerance for Adam this week. I just, I, I don't care. I don't care about him. He's not even a cool villain. Kevin brought me food. Oh, <laughs> he tells Adam he's like Tony Robbins. If Tony <laughs> Robbins was a big Frankenstein looking thing. Okay. One spike, please. I know, you know, Frankenstein was the doctor. I know you know this because you were a dork in your life. Mm -hmm. I need you to get that right. Two, Tony Robbins, uh, author, life coach, motivational speaker, probably the most famous motivational speaker in the world. Yes, also a piece of shit human being. (laughs) Um, According to his website, or according to Wikipedia, I didn't go to his website, according to Wikipedia, he has supposedly empowered more than 50 million people from over a hundred countries. It's a whole thing. I hate, I, it's, I, 
I hate those types of people. Yeah, I mean, self-help. But I do like the line after where he acknowledges that Tony Robbins does kind of look like that. Yeah. Adam reminds her and Adam reminds him that once the Slayer is where he wants her, when he wants her, it's bye-bye Chip. Spike tells him that's easier than said than done. She's crafty. Her and her little friends. Friends? Oh yeah, that's the variable in all this. The Slayer had buddies and he does not want the so-called Slayerettes mucking about when the fight goes down. Then take them away from her. Okay, so like when Adam said that... (laughs) I just had like a vision of the scene from Mean Girls and Adam with the whiteboard crossing mm-hmm. out army of skanks. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's what this whole thing felt like to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is very Mean Girls. And I mean, a lot of and a lot of like the sequences in that is trying to turn people against each other. Yeah. So it is very it is very Mean Girls. And it's going to be it's Spike being Regina George standing in the middle of the hallway while everybody, while Tim Meadows is coming down yelling, the girls are fighting. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, it's that's pretty much what this episode boils down to. And when you look at it that way, it's a lot more entertaining than it is. That's a plan Spike can get behind. Make the Slayer ride into battle alone and she won't have time to come after them. And it will make her miserable, which is always fun <laughs> for him. But he can't hurt them. So how will he do it? He won't. He's going to sit back and let them do it to themselves. Spike is so proud of himself. Like the smug way he leans back and lights a cigarette. I love it. I and uh, yeah, he the way that he goes about this, because no, he cannot physically hurt anybody. But again, he uses what he's good at, his words. Yeah. And he the way he is going to manipulate everybody and very and very subtle, very subtle that they don't know that they're being manipulated. Like he's not again, he's not being overt. And the way that he gets them each alone so that he can feed little different things into their brains. In the dorm, Buffy arrives back from Los Angeles. So, okay. And I mean, I I haven't watched Angel in a hot second, so it'll probably Mm -hmm. make more sense when we get to Angel. But she didn't follow Faith immediately. Yeah. And at the end of the last Buffy episode, we saw her hiding out with Riley. So we, at this point, because we're not watching Angel right now, I do not remember what triggers her to go to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. But I'm guessing there was a phone call or something down the line mentioning that, like, Faith was still kicking it around. Yeah, that's that's why I said when when we do get to Angel... We're going to have that moment of, oh, that's what brought her here. And that's what brought what happened before the Yoko factor. So did you look it up? Yeah, it looks like the timeline just doesn't end up well. Mm. Because like this says Angel takes Faith to his apartment, tucking her into bed. Like this immediately follows five by five, which is when Faith left Sunnydale after Mm -hmm. Who Are You? So it looks like there's been more Buffy episodes than Angel. Between than there's been Angel episodes, and that makes the timeline really hinky. Yeah, because like, why did Buffy wait like two months to go after Faith? But on Angel, it's only been like so. I don't know. The timelines are weird, mm-hmm. but eventually, like, so it boils down to she finds out Angel's still in LA and shows up. Mm-hmm. All right, because like she is wearing the same coat she has on in the angel part of the previously on. So like we do know that's where she's coming from. Yeah. She glimpses Willow's empty bed and lays down on her own, clearly upset over how things ended in L.A. Meanwhile, Xander and Riley are having a fugitive-esque sleepover of sorts in the ruins of Sunnydale High. Riley asks if Buffy's back and Xander says he hasn't heard, but he's sure Buffy will head there first thing. In the meantime, he's brought Riley some spare clothes. I'm concerned about their lungs being in an old burned out school. Right? Can't be good for them. No. Maybe that's why Riley goes like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs later on. He's been sleeping. He's been sleeping in soot for too long. Yeah. Okay. Because, oh, we're going to have, we're going to have to talk about the later part of this episode. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a, it's a shit show. It's a lot. Um, in the meantime, he's brought Riley some spare clothes, you know, (laughs) so he doesn't have to be so camo chic all the time. Riley has a comment or two about said clothes, but seeing Xander's face realizes he should be grateful. <clears throat> Xander tells him the place looks good. Very post-apocalyptic. <laughs> and Riley, he just wants to know Buffy is back. 
He'll feel better then. Him and Xander both. So then Xander's not an Angel fan? <laughs> oh, it, it's not like he hates the guy. Just the guts part of him. <laughs> to be fair, Riley says it's not really Angel they hate, it's the curse. That line made literally no sense. Mm-mm. Because the cursed part of Angel is the good part. I mean, that might be mm-hmm. Riley just not understanding yeah. how it all works. Yeah. So I was like, no, no, no. The, the cursed part of Angel is the part we like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Xander asks what Buffy told Riley, and Riley gives a fair summary. They loved each other. He turned evil. He killed people. She cured him. He left. Weird curse, though. Xander, yeah, no, it's like literally the worst curse ever. And Xander knows this. (laughs) One moment happiness. Huh? Seems Buffy didn't tell Riley everything. Yeah, so that's, that's what it is. He doesn't understand. How it all works. How it all works. That's Angel's trigger. One moment's happiness. He's fine if he's sitting around being all mopey, but one moment of pure pleasure and yeah, kill your friends and family. And they all know it makes Angel happiest, right? (laughs) Xander will give him a hint. It isn't creme brulee. Well, that sounds like Angel's loss to me because creme brulee is delicious. Mm -hmm. Looking at Xander, Riley gets it. Buffy. And more than that, sex with Buffy. Now, before anyone comes for Xander, mm-hmm. he looks genuinely surprised mm-hmm. that Buffy left that part out. Yeah. Because she did, and that is 10,000% on her. Yeah, he thinks he's having a conversation that, that Riley started. Riley already knew. Yeah, and Riley's the one who brings this all up, not Xander. Because this is a thing that happens sometimes where you're having a conversation with somebody who you think has all the information about the subject that you're talking about. Oh my God, it happens all the time. And then you're like, oh wait, you never heard about X, Y, or Z, which in most cases is, you know, very benign. But no, Xander didn't know that he was giving away something that he wasn't supposed to. And plus in that that scene with Buffy at the end, you think she's telling him everything yeah. about Angel. Like, so Buffy left something out, but nobody knows that she left it out. It could have been Willow talking to Riley. Yeah. Anyone would have assumed if Buffy told him enough that he knows there was a curse, that he knows Angel went evil, that Angel killed people. Yeah. That she would have told him the whole story. About why he went evil. Yeah. Especially because she also said it was her ex. Mm-hmm. And this is <sighs> this is 100% on Buffy. Now, she's not 100 she knows she's not wonder she's not completely wrong, you know, wanting to keep something, but it's not Xander's fault for talking about something with somebody that he thinks knows everything. Yeah. And Xander very quickly assures Riley that all of that is ancient history. Mm-hmm. Like and you know, then Riley's like, "Well, she just went up to LA to bone on that history." No, no. Xander is sure it was boneless. She was just making sure things were okay. He'll feel better when he sees her. At Giles's, we get more of Giles playing the guitar and singing. Yay. This time, Freebird. <laughs> yes. And this time he is singing, yes, Freebird by Leonard Skinner. It was featured on their debut album. The first line of the song is actually taken from a question the guitarist's girlfriend, who will later be his wife, asked him. And he kind of ran with it and used it to craft a song that is... Pretty much about what one would think. The freedom Mm -hmm. birds have to go wherever and the freedom each of us craves. The best thing about this scene, aside from Giles singing, is the little yelp he gives. Oh my God. When he realizes Spike has let himself in and has just been standing there. That sound, that sound that came out of Anthony was delightful. Going to the fridge to get a blood bag, Spike tells him that for someone who has Watcher on his resume, he may want to cast eyes to the front door every once in a while. What does he want? Buffy around? He starts microwaving his blood. (laughs) Why? He just needs the lady of the house. Be a pet and deliver a message for him? Tell her he just might have something she just might want. And what might that something be? Information. Highly classified. Not cheap wood on the street rattle either. The good stuff. Taking a seat, Giles tells Spike to thrill him. Spike says it's nothing he knows. What? Did Giles think he'd come really come over here? I'll beat me till I talk. The microwave beeps and Spike claims his blood. There's a file in the initiative. And he thinks he knows where. Files. Yeah, schematics, notes, all that. There's bound to be something on Adam. And if some brave individual were to go in and retrieve them, well, might be worth something. <laughs> Giles points out that a cynical person might bring up that he is offering them what they want most right when they need it most. 
Spike says he would be right. Supply and demand. As he calls him Rupert again. (laughs) And this time it won't be cheap. Okay, what does he want? He has supply of blood, protection, oodles of cash, and a promise that he will not in any way be slain. Done. With a smile and nod from him, Spike doesn't think so. This deals with the Slayer. He'll tell her. Oh, will he? That's comforting. What makes him think she'll listen to him? He's her watcher. Mm-hmm. Mm. Spike thinks he's neglecting the past term of that statement. And it's not like she listened to him back then. Why would she <laughs> listen to him now? Because. Eh, not very convincing. He's seen how she treats him. And how is that? Very much like a retired librarian. Anyway, if she has what he wants, he has what she wants. She knows where to find him. He leaves and Giles... Giles pours himself a drink. Oh, Giles. Spike. Giles, letting yourself be manipulated by Spike, of all people. In Tara's dorm room, Willow and Tara are hanging out with Miss Kitty Fantastico. I love Miss Kitty Fantastico. Willow says she just can't believe it. Every time Kitty does something, she thinks, okay, this is the cutest thing ever. But then (laughs) she does something else. And it's like, no, that is the cutest thing ever. Also us with our dogs. (laughs) Oh, yes. Absolutely us with our dogs. Mm -hmm. Did she see her sneeze earlier? Yes. Willow kisses the kitten's tiny nose. She just loves her so much. Tara says she still needs a real name. Excuse me, what? What is wrong with Miss Kitty Fantastico? That sounds like a real name to me. That is the best name. Yeah. That is the that is that is honestly like the best name for a teenager, like a teenage girl to name a cute kitten. Mm-hmm. Well, it says it's so great that Kitty is theirs. Well, Tara's. Tara says it's okay. She can be theirs. But Willow needs to choose an elective. What about sophomore level psychology? Willow thinks she's mm. all psyched out after Professor Walsh. She was thinking something more fun, like drama. Picking up Miss Kitty Fantastico, she tells her that she cannot have any more catnip. She has a problem. Tara says definitely drama. Uh, Willow? No, no, Willow. That's exactly what I said when we were watching this. Like, what about your crushing stage fright? Maybe, maybe she got over her crushing stage fright because she, she had more things. That's true. Because we're going to see it in Restless. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. She has not gotten over her crushing stage fright. That's true. I completely forgot about. Yeah. Willow is just not thinking right now. No, no. She's just being dramatic. Right. Well, Willow says she also hasn't figured out the housing situation, but she's heard there's some nice places off campus for groups to get. Tara just assumed Willow was going to be rooming it up with Buffy. Honestly, so did Willow. Initially, she kind of thought she and Buffy would be roommates through gap school. And in Little Old Ladyhood, cheating at bingo, forgetting to take their pills. But now, they hardly see one another. Buffy has Riley and Willow, she has her things. She guesses she should ask her. At the dorm, Riley comes to see Buffy, wearing Xander's clothes. When Buffy asks, Riley says, Xander took his to be cleaned. Which is very nice of Xander. I like, I need people, and I especially need, because what we're going to get into at the end of this episode, I need people to note that Xander does not have and has never had any problem with Riley. Nope. He got tired of waiting for her to come find him. And so here he is stepping inside. Riley does wonder if Xander secretly hates him because of the pants. I mean, that's, that's a fair question. You know what? I, I think, I think with, I think with Riley, Xander sees him as yes, he has all this military training, but he is just a guy like Xander is. So like a lot of like a lot of what came with Angel was, OK, yes, initial jealousy because he had a crush on Buffy. But he's also he's also another supernatural person who's part of the whole thing. Xander sees just another guy. And I mean, OK, so let's like I mean, Buffy hasn't had a lot of love interest, but Mm-mm. let's let's look at the love interest like Angel Xander was predisposed to not like Angel. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says about jealousy or anything. Xander's introduction to vampires were they killed his best friend. Yep. Like that was his introduction to vampires. They killed his best friend and they kidnapped Willow. Mm-hmm. And then here's Buffy being like, no, no, this vampire's nice and I'm going to make out with him. And Xander's like, mm, that doesn't really track. And then Angel goes, evil and tortures them all and kills like one of their favorite teachers. Mm-hmm. And Xander's like, yeah, 
vampire's back. This is a pretty clear narrative. Also, your vampire boyfriend was just going to let you die at the hands of the master. And he was just going to let you die at the hands of the master. Like, Xander recognized that Angel was kind of a shit person. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that more in just a little bit. And so, and like, then, you know, Angel goes off and (laughs) disappears. And like, he didn't really have a problem with Scott. No. Like, not till Scott dumped Buffy. Yeah. He didn't have a problem with Scott. He doesn't have a problem with Riley. Yeah, it was more a problem of, like, his only problem with Scott was that he dumped one of his best friends. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have a problem with Spike, but again, there's a history there. Spike has tried to kill them multiple times. Spike has tried to kill them. Spike, yes, it's, there's a lot of history. So, like, this whole, like, Xander hates every, like, love interest Buffy has, that's just a false narrative. Mm-hmm. And also, he hates the ones who have dicked her over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's... And a lot of a lot of what people talk about Xander also erases his relationship with Anya. Yeah. Because they... They, instead of talking about how much of a different person he was and how much of, you know, how much he did grow and how much he really did care about Anya, everybody focuses on the fact that, oh, he had this crush on Buffy. He was the worst person ever. And I mean, like they they don't talk about how good, like how good. And because like um, in a lot of cases in the relationship with Anya, she was the more aggressive partner. Yeah. She wants to always talk about how they're having sex. And he's like, I am uncomfortable with talking about this with my friends. I mean, it even erases the relationship he had with Cordelia. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that wasn't a perfect relationship by any means. It wasn't even a good relationship. But it was a true-to-life high school relationship. But then, but in that case, in that case, people already, you know, like to erase Cordelia. So it's... And, like, even after Cordelia was beyond nasty to him and Mm -hmm. aired his family trauma, Mm -hmm. he bought her her prom dress with money that he didn't really have either. Mm -hmm. I mean, that scene where he comes, you know, and he, like, says, you know, where he pokes at her and he pokes at her and he pokes at her until she snaps. Like, he is. He has every right to poke at Cordelia the way he did in that scene. Because she broke confidence. But then, again, he buys her dress for him. You know, he realizes, you know, that she, they don't have any money. And here's the dress that she wants. Yeah. (sighs) People just, uh, so many false narratives when it comes to Xander. It is. It is. People, people make shit up. Buffy wants to know if it's okay for him to be there. Why doesn't Buffy tell him? She met because of the government hunting him down. He's good. He's managed to tap into their frequency on his radio. Can't sneak up on a guy who's listening in. Is she okay? She is. It's just Angel kind of upset her. How? It's not that interesting. Riley says it caught his attention. He just spun her head a little. Riley kind of curtly says she doesn't want to talk about it. It's more deconstructing Angel can wait. She'd rather be out there doing something. Hunting Adam. Got it. They can talk later. Riley says he'll get out of her face. She's had a long trip. Besides, he's pretty sure the pants are preventing her from taking him seriously. (laughs) He wouldn't take himself seriously. She says he doesn't have to go, but he does. And for a moment, they both look sad. Xander and Anya have come to Spike's crypt to make a delivery of clothes. Seems Spike needs some to get into the initiative and get the files. Xander says he should have kept the ones from last time. He's not a delivery service. (laughs) Only he kind of is, as Anya points out how he did Riley yesterday. Seeing a ham gun atop the pile, Spike smirks. Well, hello. This changes things, doesn't it? He aims it, making cool poses, and turning about. However, when the gun is pointed at Anya and Xander, it sends massive pain to his brain. Seriously? Wow. He can't even point a gun. Anya says that must be humiliating. Xander tells him it doesn't work anyway. It's a fake. He can't even point a fake gun? Give it up for American chipmanship. Fake. Spike is appalled. What about self-defense? <laughs> He's taking a risk there. Xander cannot express enough how much he does not care, which causes Spike to scold him. Attitude. <laughs> See how far that gets him in boot camp. You know, he hopes he gets one of those toughest nail drill sergeants. Hard on everyone because he's just trying to keep them alive. He loves that stuff. Xander says he's not going to boot camp. 
and Spike asked if he changed his mind. What? Anya freaks out a bit and hits him, which, ow! But also, (laughs) where did Spike get the idea he was going to boot camp? There's no boot camp. Good. Anya says she stopped that just in time. Spike tells him it was some of his girly mates. Talking about being all one can be, or all Xander can be at any rate. Having a laugh, Spike figured he was joining up. (laughs) Does he have anything bigger in the toy gun range? Xander can't believe this. Talking like he's some useless lump. He's good at a lot of things. Helps out with tons of stuff. He has skills and stratagems. He's very... He looks to Anya asking her to help him out. Anya says he's a Viking in the sack. (laughs) Terrific. Spike's deadpan response to that is everything. (laughs) He says they didn't have these clothes cleaned, did they? Xander says this is so like them lately. Everything's been all about them and the college life. Well, you know what college is, right? It's just high school, but without the actual going to class. Okay, so high school was like that too. But he's out there working hard to make a living, and it's nothing but a huge joke to them. Xander got fired from Starbucks. Xander got fired from the phone sex line. Anya agrees. They look down on him, and they hate Anya, but they don't look down on her. (laughs) Spike tells them to chill. It was just a laugh. No need to go insane over it. Glaring, Xander asks Spike if anyone was talking to him, which causes him to respond with a sir, no sir. Oh, man. Spike really knows, Spike really knows where to poke. I mean, we said it before, the time that he was going after them in front of the library. Mm-hmm. Being a poet works for him because he know he knows words. Yeah. And he knows the best way to dig in there. Yep. He knows, and he knows the people that he's He's very poking. good at. Yeah, he's very good at learning the people around him. But okay, the only bone I have to pick with that scene is the gun thing, right? Because Spike can go gurface and Mm -hmm. not get paid. Because he goes gurface when he's robbing people outside the bronze. So playing with the gun, there would have been no intention to hurt. So he shouldn't have gotten the shock. But But again, it was just all meant to be funny. And also he pointed the gun, though, at Xander. And them like right. he he pointed. So I think I think that in that case, he didn't know that it was a fake gun and he's pointing what he thinks is a real gun at somebody. And he's making a little bit of a threat, even though he's messing around. I think that's where it came into. Like, he's just. But then wouldn't every time he goes face in front of another person, he would get pain because I- that's always an unintentional threat. But he doesn't. Look, I'm just trying to make sense where there is none. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm trying to make it make sense. <laughs> and I appreciate your I am trying to logic it. <laughs> <sighs> Out in the woods, Buffy's patrolling when she comes across a cave. She heads towards the entrance when a noise behind her has her whirling about. It's Forrest. They both have weapons on each other, and so he tells her not to shoot. Give her a reason not to. What, she's killing humans now? Not yet. Beating him senseless should do just fine. Forrest says he can have a patrol there in under a minute. So why doesn't she go her way and he'll go his? Fine. She's checking out that cave. His orders exactly. Alone. They're spread a little thin. Family's tearing apart. Family? What family is that? Corleone? Until she showed up. And ruined their no girls allowed rule? Does she think she's the first girlfriend Riley's ever had? She's not. She's just the first that's gotten him to commit treason. And what should he be doing? Conducting illegal experiments? Forrest moves towards her and she says, touch her and she'll show him what a slayer strength can do. Well, maybe it's time he sees. Appearing, Adam says, yes, maybe it is. This redirects their attention and they both go after Adam, though Buffy tries to get Forrest to leave. It goes about as well as one would think. Buffy gets thrown about, Forrest tries to tase Adam, but that just recharges him. Uh, Yeah. And then Forrest gets killed. Realizing she's not going to win this one, Buffy flees, running from the cave and through the woods. She trips, falls, and rolls to the bottom of the hill, momentarily unconscious. So the Corleone family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This is... personal, personal favorite of mine. So the Corleone family is the family that we follow throughout the Godfather saga, both in the books and in the movie. Um, Godfather is one of my like 
top favorite movies. I actually get very insulted sometimes because The Godfather is one of those movies that a lot of lists are like, if you're dating someone and he says his favorite movie is The Godfather, that's a red flag. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, See, I, yeah. Like I've always, I've always had, I've always had like little explainers for things like that. Like what, like in some cases, yes, that is a red flag. One of my other ones for, for being a red flag is if they like Fight Club. Now it depends on their reasons for liking Fight Club. Kevin was the one that introduced me me to the movie in college and he absolutely loves it. But he understands that he understands the message of this movie. Like there's so many of these movies where it depends on how the people interpret them. Yeah. I mean, this is this is true. But yeah, like some people like some guys watch watch The Godfather and they are absolutely like they're 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 toxic people. So it's just like, yeah, there's a whole list of movies that are red flags, but it's like, I will give you a chance to explain why you like this movie and then I'll move on if it's... Yeah, but in... Um, the biggest the biggest red flag, though, is if they listen to Joe Rogan. There is oh, no... That is, there is no coming back from that. Um, but yeah, the... So, Godfather, it's one of those movies that if you tell me you haven't seen it, I'm going to make you carve out three hours of your life and, and watch it. <laughs> make you pasta while I make you watch it. One of my high school friends has just admitted to me she's never seen The Godfather. So I'm like, get excited. There's there's your new, yeah, there's there's your next girl's night. Get the limoncello Um, out. And it fits. Yeah, exactly. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But The Godfather is just also a a highly influential film. It's uh, actually is hailed as like a landmark of the whole like gangster mafia genre. It's in the National Film Registry in the Library of Congress. It's culturally, historically, aesthetically significant because it's Coppola. If anybody doesn't know, it is. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola did all three movies. Um, they're on Peacock. If anybody wants to watch them, I actually have to watch the version of Godfather three that is on Peacock. I have not done it yet. Um, I'm one of the few people who actually like Godfather three. Um, it's got Andy Garcia in it. How can you not like it? But apparently the version they've put on Peacock is, um, it either has added scenes. I think it has added scenes and they've moved some stuff around and it's really the version Coppola wanted, but they had to like cut stuff for, for the theatrical release. So the one that's up on Peacock right now, it's, um, that's why it's called, I think Godfather Coda because it's just, it's, yeah, because that was that was back in the day where directors couldn't make the movies that they really wanted to make. Yeah. And there's also, is it on Paramount Plus? There's also a scripted series that's about the making of the Godfather movies. Oh, cool. And I forget what it's called, but um show oh, show about the making of the Godfather. There it is. The offer. Um, it's on Paramount Plus. It's called The Author, and it's just about everything they went through to get this these movies made. Mm-hmm. So Highly, highly recommend if you have like three hours of your life or you want to have like a nice night with like some pasta and some stuff, put on the Godfather. You will not regret it. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. And this has been Cinema Chat with Froggy and Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Cinema Chat, Mafia Chat. I'm all for it. That night, Spike heads to Giles's. Standing outside, he takes a moment to get into character and then heads inside, <laughs> pretending he is to have- having the best time. He, he is, is the he only is. one. He is the only one that's having a good time. Um, he heads inside, pretending to have just outrun some of the commandos. Inside are the others, without Buffy and Riley. And Willow asks if he got the discs. He hands her a pile, saying he took what he could find. There must be something useful on one of them. As she sits down at the computer, Tara asks what they're looking for. Anything to do with Adam. Giles asks Spike if he had any problems getting in and out, and he says no. A few of them made him on the way out, but he took care of them. With a good running away? Yeah. When does he get paid? Drinking what is clearly not his first drink of the night. (laughs) Giles says when Willow tells him that he brought them something useful. Spike watches Willow, Tara, Tara playing with the ends of Willow's hair, and he moves closer to Giles. He could have gone straight to the Slayer, but no, he came there. Let Giles pretend he was in charge, but now they have to wait for Red say so? Giles says he'll get paid when they see what's on the discs. Willow gets something, but it's all gibberish, encrypted. Well, that's just great. Spike comes over and asks if she can fix it. Crack a government encryption code on her laptop? 
easy as really difficult pie. <laughs> Spike sighs. She's not really the whiz these days, is she? She's a whiz. Tara quickly comes to her defense. Yeah, she's a whiz. If ever a whiz there was. <laughs> she just needs some time. Spike says it's just... He heard she wasn't so much about the computers anymore. Into the new thing with Tara, the Wicca thing. They talked about that. Look, can they just... He has a deal on the line. What did they say? He doesn't know. Something about it being a phase. Who said that? Buffy? No, not Buffy. She was defending Willow. It was Xander who said she was trying to be trendy. (sighs) Spike in this moment is genius. Oh, it is. Yeah. Absolute genius. Because he really could be talking about the whole magic thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you know, she joined her witch club. Like, this is just all very trendy and, like, freshman year college shit. But Willow's insecurities that she hasn't completely gotten over because, again, the thing with Tara is still very new. And Mm -hmm. Buffy's the only person she's really told. Yeah. She takes it to mean her relationship. But that wording could equally be used for either. He goes on to say that if a person wants to be a witch, that's their business. Willow knew Buffy was freaked. Tara says she should go talk to her. She's sure she didn't. Hello? Spike wants them to keep on the business at hand. Don't want to get sidetracked after all. Not when there's still monsters to fight. Speaking of which, initiative HQ is hopping. This is this is where I was like, these dudes were not prepared. Nope. They reached capacity three days ago. They keep going like this and they're going to run out of room. Okay. The CEO says they're animals. So pack them in. And when you've run out of room, pack them in some more. But they'll tell each other apart. He sees no problem with that. In the control room, they listen as a unit reports being ambushed, taken over from out of nowhere. Riley hears the same on his radio and so rushes to get dressed and go to their aid. When he gets there, he finds a commando soldier fighting Angel. (laughs) What? Ooh. Yeah, that's right. David's guest starring on this week's episode. The two face each other and Angel is all Riley Finn. Does he know him? They have a friend in common. Apparently, this is all Riley needs to deduce that this mysterious Ugh. man in a trench coat is Angel. Though, to be fair, he does look fairly broody, just like there's like I Danny mean, described. all you had all you would have to do is just give the vaguest description of what Angel looks like and is like. And you could pick him out of a lineup. Angel wants to know, was the welcoming committee Riley's idea? Riley says way he heard it. Angel was all peaceable now. He didn't go and lose that pesky soul of his, did he? Why does Riley become like 10,000% more country when talking to Angel? Because he does. I think it's 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 a... It's a it's a thing. Oh, my God. Having grown up in the country. Yeah, I've seen the way people can get country when they're like getting mad. I think that's I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily that he's talking to Angel, but Angel being there is making him angry and he's already in an angry place. Because I know I know when I get out. I know when I get pissed, the country comes out of me real quick. Angel says not to test him and calls him boy. Well, Riley wonders what could have happened with Buffy to make him lose his his soul. That's between him and Buffy. Riley then steps forward and asks Angel where he thinks he's going. Going to see an old girlfriend. He really thinks he's going to let that happen. He really thinks he can stop him. Of course, they begin fighting. They're pretty evenly matched, even roughing each other up a bit until Riley tases Angel. That brings out the Gur face, kind of pisses him off, and he slams Riley down into some garbage. Seeing that others are approaching, he quickly makes his exit. And when Riley gets up, he does the same. As these others are the initiative. And the last people Riley really wants to be seen by. I don't don't even know where to start talking about this scene. Because... Yeah, and then also you gotta... You also gotta get to, like, the scene that's gonna come later. At, you know, when all three... When Buffy, Riley, and Angel are... Yeah, like, I mean, we're, we're, like, literally about to get there. But, like, this scene is weird. (laughs) <laughs> it is chocked full of aggressive levels of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Last time Angel was in town, he was appalled. People thought he was evil. Now he's okay with baiting Riley with it. 
And who the hell does Riley think he is to decide for Buffy who can and cannot see her? And also, I didn't even think about it, but Lex picked up on it last night when we were talking and was like, also, what does it say about Riley that he assumed Buffy cheated on him at the drop of a hat? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, like, like, what the actual fuck is going on? I think, I think Angel, you know, he doesn't mind like most people thinking he's evil, but Riley is picking this fight with him. And I think he's just fucking annoyed right now. But why are you picking a fight with Riley, sir? Like, try to explain to him you're not. I just, this Riley, this whole- Riley is, I, I think Ry- the way that Riley is is picking at Angel, there, I don't think there's anything that Angel could say to Riley to make Riley not be a dumbass. Probably not. It's all that soot he's inhales. And, uh, yes, that's exactly it. And <laughs> I think like Angel, because Angel, like like one of my favorite things with him sometimes is he just gets like so fed up with people and he's just like, fine, I'm just uh, make me your villain. You know, like I am just I'm I'm not I'm annoyed right now. I don't feel like trying to explain shit to you. So let's let's just fight this out and we'll figure it out later. <laughs> Yeah. He's just done. He's just uh, he's just tired. He's just done. Like he has his whole big life in L.A. And now he has to come back to Sunnydale and deal with this corn fed bullshit. Like learn to use a phone, sir. I know we're going to say it in a few minutes, but learn to use a phone. Yeah. Yeah, because back at the dorm, a banged up and sore Buffy enters her room. She checks herself in the mirror, poking a bit at her injury when a knock comes at the door. It's Angel. Can he come in? She guesses. He needs a little bit more than that. Okay, so this clears up the thing with Willow calling come in. Yeah. Before Spike bursts in earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. Because while the dorm building itself is a public space, a vampire must be invited into a specific room. So I guess it's kind of like an apartment complex in that way. Like you can can go, like Spike can come on, like came on, like they can come on like the property and at a, you know, at an apartment door. But yeah, you can't go in, so... It's a personal space. Buffy tells him to come in and then steps aside, allowing him entrance. He's hurt. Her too. She'll live. Does he want to tell her who ran his face into that doorknob? (laughs) Not really. It's not world ending stuff. Right. So then let her guess. He thought of something else really hurtful to say, but didn't want to do it on the phone because the funniest part is the look of hurt she gets on her face. Angel tells her to stop. He doesn't have a lot of time. Buffy, frowning, asks what's wrong. And then there's Riley bursting in. Gun aimed at Angel. Oh my God, Riley, calm the fuck down. He told him that he wasn't getting near her. Buffy looks between the two and she is just disgusted. Is that why Angel came there? No, running into Riley was just an accident. Really? She says running your car into a tree is an accident. (laughs) Running your fist into someone's face is a plan. Explain. Angel tells Riley to put the gun down and Riley says it's all he has left. So he thinks not. Riley then tells Buffy that Angel attacked four of his men. He thinks he might be up to his old tricks. He's not going to hurt anyone. Buffy tells Angel to tell Riley so. He might hurt Riley. Riley would love for him to try. Is that supposed to be a threat? Boys, boys, boys. He can barely stand. Sugar Finger feels okay. Angel turns to Buffy. She actually sleeps with this guy? (sighs) They start fighting again and Buffy gets in between them, pushing them apart. She has had enough. (laughs) One more display of testosterone poisoning and she will put them both in the hospital. Does anyone think she's kidding? Angel goes to say Riley started it, but Buffy (laughs) silences him with a look. She then goes over to Riley, who holsters his weapon. He just wanted to make sure she was safe. She tells him she needs to talk to Angel alone. Well, Riley isn't leaving the room, okay? Buffy motions Angel out into the hall. With a smug look, he follows. Riley, trying to convince himself that this doesn't bother him, says he's not moving a muscle. God, men. Out in the hall, Buffy basically wants to know what the fuck Angel's problem is. (laughs) She went to LA to help him and got treated like she was just his ex. Well, technically, shut up! (laughs) He then orders her out of 
his city only to come to Sunnydale and beat up her boyfriend? He says he came to try to make things right. After staring at him for a moment, Buffy smiles and laughs, as does Angel. (laughs) This is a cute moment. See, I didn't like it. But okay, um, we'll we'll get to that at the end because I just, it doesn't sit right with me. I know. I just like, I, I, I like just two people that are so tired and they're done yeah, fighting. No. And that's like, that's what I mean. Like, it's just like, what are we doing? This isn't what we've got too much on our plates right now to to do any to do this. It's going pretty good, huh? Swell. Angel explains that he was jumped by soldiers. Riley came in in the middle and neither one were great with the benefit of the doubt. Buffy tells Angel to put himself in Riley's shoes. She then says he wasn't wrong what he said in LA. They don't live in each other's worlds anymore. And she had no right to bust in. But it means a lot that he came. He says things seem tense and she says, yeah, they really, really are. Can he do anything? Honestly, the best thing he can do is got it. And next time he'll apologize by phone. He starts to leave. And as he does, he tells her he doesn't like Riley. She thanks him and heads back inside to see Riley. Okay, no, 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 no. And this is what I want to talk about. Because we are not going to play off what happened between Angel and Riley as a teehee cute yeah, that's, boys. No, yeah, we're not no, doing that. Yeah. That was yeah. horrible. Angel yeah. was horrible. Riley was horrible. Everybody, and yeah. Angel... Like we said earlier, Angel's doing the thing that everybody loves to accuse Xander of, mm-hmm. where he was horrible to Buffy's boyfriend for no reason. Like the whole, and you sleep with him? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. That is exactly. none of your fucking business. Yeah. And he'll be like this with the immortal, which we'll see later on in Angel when Spike and Angel go to try find Buffy. He'll be very snarky about the fact that she's with the immortal. And we'll see him get like this when he finds out that Buffy and Spike are involved. See, this is why nobody ever calls Angel on it. This is why I prefer when Angel's not around Buffy. Absolutely. Like, I I love Angel on his own show. I love him the way he grew as a person. But whenever he gets back around Buffy, they I I feel like they don't know how to write him. They didn't know how to write him when he's with Buffy. Yeah, no, but this, like, this, just this whole little bit of this episode was dumb and horribly written and really just unnecessary. Yeah. And it was used just to shoehorn a guest appearance by David in. Yeah. So thanks. I hate it. Yeah, there really was no reason for David to show up in this episode. Like, this was not the time. No. Like, we could have had a two for one and had him show up in New Moon Rising and done a whole what happens when your ex comes back and juxtapose the two things. Mm -hmm. Because it would have had both Buffy and Willow having moved on. Yeah. And that would have been an interesting setup. But trying to shoehorn him into, like, the end of, like, like building up to the climax of this season and then to just have it be, like, a pissing contest between him and Riley with yeah. no other real substance to it. Yeah, and even the... I, I, I just felt like I was looking at the, um, like, the promo ad for this mm-hmm. episode. Like, it's another one of those promo ads that makes things seem bigger than it actually is because the promo ad is Buffy in the foreground and in the background you have Riley and Angel and the copy on it is what could come between Buffy and her boyfriend a visit from Angel like they make it seem like this whole ep- this whole episode is, is going that. to be about Angel coming to visit when it's really just Angel coming to town fucking shit up and just everybody being a dick Yeah, and I mean, you could have, and I mean, if you really wanted to play that, you could have done a whole bunch with that too, because you know who would have gleefully talked about Buffy and Angel for hours and played on every insecurity Riley had? Spike. Spike would have done it. Spike would have just regaled their tragic love story in full Shakespearean detail. Exactly. You did not need... But you don't even... You don't even have like Spike and Angel even not like you could have done so much more if you really wanted this to be about Angel coming back. Yeah. But no. Yeah. But they just wanted to advertise that Angel was coming back, even though he really had nothing to do with this episode. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to Adam. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe I'm actually excited to get back to Adam. Well, this is a a fun bit because we're going to talk about the title of this episode. Yeah. This this. This bit with this is actually like this bit with Spike and Adam is probably one of the only really good Adam scenes. 
So Adam has his little hacker set up. Spike moseys in, drinking a beer. Well, that was fun. <laughs> he was successful. He was. How does he know? How about they just call it the Yoko Factor? Adam looks at him and he says, don't tell me he's never heard of the Beatles. He has. He likes Helter Skelter. He would. Mm-hmm. Point is. So edgy. <laughs> they were a real powerful group. Not like rule the world powerful, but still. When they broke up, everybody blamed Yoko. Thing was, group broke itself apart. She was just there. Thank you, Spike, for doing our explanation for us. I really, yes, yes, I really do appreciate that. And I also appreciate the 90s acknowledgement of Yoko Ono not actually being responsible. Like, because, yeah, you know, and it was really like if you watch the um, if you watch the the series Get Back, like you just see Yoko's just hanging out. <laughs> she's just there being weird and hippie-ish. She's just being, she's just there. Like people were like, oh, Yoko's coming to the studio. Like the studio. I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, she was probably dragged to the studio by her rock star boyfriend. There were other women, wives, girlfriends there too. Not just Yoko. Like, was it? Yeah, Paul McCartney was the first one to get married. So why wasn't she blamed for the breakup of the Beatles? Oh, because Yoko came when they were on the outs anyway. Yeah. Spike tells him, you know how it is with kids. Go off to college, grow apart, way of the world. So then he separated the Slayer from her friends. Good. Well then, since they've got all the ducks in a row and not talking, he supposes it's time for the grand plan. You know, the one where he gets his chipectomy? He has everything he needs, right? No, there's one more thing. Spike looks a, a bit worried at that. Back in her room, Buffy checks on Riley. How badly is he hurt? Hard to say. Still early. She says she needs to tell him something. He might want to sit down. And he says, him first. He feels like they've gotten pretty close. And he doesn't know all that went on with Angel. But if she's going to break his heart, do it fast. Buffy looks totally confused by that. <laughs> what? Does he think she and Angel, didn't they? No, of course not. How could he even ask that? Because he's a Riley doesn't know. Xander, Xander? Well, he's the dentist man in Deadonia. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not his fault. It's not his <laughs> fault you left shit out. Yeah. We are not blaming Xander. No, no. But I can see why she, I think she, I think she is thinking that Xander told him that she and Angel yeah. were boning in. I think that's where she was. Oh. Instead of him, instead of Xander. Like, like she telling, gets around Angel and she loses all sense. Like, not yeah. the, like, he filled in the backstory. No, yeah. It's it's more like, it's more like she thinks that Xander implied something. No, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Riley also says it's not Xander's fault. So point for Riley, which he needs yeah. after losing 10 million points for that shit yeah. with Angel. Yeah, he's 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 got no points left. Riley said he prodded and Xander explained how Angel went evil. The trigger. Also, good, good on him admitting that he was the one that poked it. Yes. OK, so he gets two points. Two points, but he's still negative. <laughs> after that, Riley went a bit nuts. He knows he should believe in them, but things happen between exes. And when he saw he went bad, he's not bad. Riley is very surprised by that news. Really? That's a good day? <laughs> Riley goes on to say, well, that explains it. Even on a good day, he's all billowy coat, king of pain and girls. Buffy tells him to stop <laughs> bringing him over to the bed. Has she ever given him any reason to feel like he can't trust her? No. Then why with the crazy? Because he's so in love with her, he can't think straight. Oh, I fucking hate lines like that. Buffy says to tell her about it. And they hug, holding each other close. As they pull away, Buffy says she still needs to tell him something. And oh, yeah, like I, by this point of the episode, I completely forgot about the forest thing. I was so distracted uh -huh. by the shitty Angel Riley storyline yeah. that I totally oh, yeah. forgot Buffy still has to tell him. And I think Buffy was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like so she I mean, was distracted by the whole. So, yeah, Buffy tells him Forrest is dead. She explains how there was a fight and Adam killed him. She knows nothing she can say will make it better, but she promises him they will find Adam and kill him. Riley says he needs to go. Is he sure? He needs to go. Now. Buffy watches and then we're back at Giles's. Willow's still working on the computer. I, th I forgot. This whole thing really doesn't happen till the very end of the episode. No. Like, this is no. the most memorable part of this episode. Yeah. And it's literally just like the last seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Tara tells Buffy that Willow's working very hard on the encryption. How long till she cracks it? Hours? Days? If one was to suggest months, they wouldn't be talking crazy. Giles then wonders, whatever happened to Latin? (laughs) At least when that made no sense, it was church approved. (laughs) Buffy says they can't just wait around. The disc is no good to them if Willow can't crack it. Anya says, hey, they worked really hard for that. Xander delivered clothing. (laughs) Church approved. Giles is very amused by himself. He's, I, I am very amused by drunken Giles too. Buffy apologizes, but they're on a clock. Adam was at that cave. Maybe he was there for a reason. She could go back there, scope it out, track him if she has to. Yeah, then if she gets really lucky, maybe he'll still be there and he can rip her arms off. She can't go back alone. Yeah, she never trains with Giles anymore. He's going to kick her ass. Buffy is appalled. Giles! (laughs) Oh, was he a bit honest? Terribly sorry. And look, once again, here's Xander volunteering to go, saying weapons all around. Yep. But Buffy's adamant he not come. He might get hurt. Right, right. So she and Willow go do the superpower thing then. He'll just stay behind and putter around the Batcave with crusty old Alfred. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now. Hi. Giles points out that he is not Alfred. Alfred had a job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Giles. Buffy says Willow isn't going either. That's when Tara exits, heading down the hall. (laughs) Willow says, fine. When Buffy is living her new no-armed life, Willow can just be all, hey, how's having no arms? Does she want fighting pants? Xander says he can get her some fighting pants. (laughs) Anya is now also making her way out of the main room. Buffy tells them this isn't helping. And Willow's all, look at us, already in the way. Guess we're just that good at it, huh, Xander? Yep. In fact, Xander's so good at it, they might just have to ship him off to the army to get him out of the way. The army? Xander says, they didn't think he knew about that, did they? The two of them talking about him behind his back. Them? Talking about him? How about Xander telling Riley every last detail of her life with Angel? Willow wants to know when there's any us two about her and Buffy. Xander and Buffy are the two who are two. She's just the other one. Yeah, well, maybe that changes when Xander's off doing push-ups at Fort Dix. Fort Dix. (laughs) 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 He can't. He just loses it. Bursting into laughter. Anthony Anthony is having so much fun with this scene. That finally prompts Buffy to ask if he's drunk. Quite a bit, actually. (laughs) Well, stop it. This is stupid. Stupid. So she finally has the guts to say to his face. What? She wasn't saying he was stupid. Just stop being an idiot and let her finish. She needs them. Both of them. But not now. Adam is very dangerous. Wait. Willow wants to know how Buffy needs her. Really? Well, she's good with the computer stuff, usually. And the witch stuff. Witch stuff? (laughs) Willow wants to know what exactly she means by witch stuff. Buffy says this is crazy. Joss says, no, it isn't. It's all finally making sense. And he's not going to miss a moment of it. He goes to sit and completely misses the chair. Oh, my God. Everybody is just having a time. Meanwhile, poor Tara and Anya are hiding out in the bathroom. Does Anya think it will go on for a while? It's a nice bathroom. Anya likes the tile. Back in the main room, Xander is telling them that if he did join the army, he'd be great because they might actually give him a job that couldn't be done by a well-trained border collie. Giles says he's going up to bed. Willow asks him if he thinks the umbilical cord between him and Anya stretches that far. Xander knew it. He knew they hated Anya. As Giles' sweater falls on him from above. Willow says, don't get on her for being judgmental. Not when it's him and Buffy who... Judgmental! Judgmental! If Buffy was any more open-minded about the choices the two of them made, her brains would fall out. Oh, and superior. Don't forget that. Just because she's better than them doesn't mean she can act all superior. Buffy wants to know what the hell got into them today. (sighs) It's not just today. Willow tells them things haven't been right. Not for a while. What? Poor Buffy. Buffy is having such, such a time. Willow tells them that ever since Tara, things have been off. They can't handle that she's her girlfriend. No, Xander says it's been ever since they went to college and completely forgot about Tara's her girlfriend. From upstairs, we hear a bloody hell as poor drunk Giles tries to intake all of this. (laughs) Oh, poor dad. Enough. Buffy is done. Just done. They want to help? 
Fine, then let's do it. Right now. They can walk into that cave with the two of them attacking her and the funny drunk drooling on her shoe. Is that it? Is that the secret way to defeat Adam? How can they help her? How? No one says anything and Buffy shakes her head. She's beginning to see why there's no prophecy about a chosen one in her friends. If she needs help, she'll go to someone she trusts. Well, that might be a problem, seeing as how that person has gone to Adam. Walking into the cave, Riley faces him. Adam knew he'd come, and now here he is. The end. Or more accurately, to be continued. continued. I just had, I had a great um, funny image in my head. So we were talking about how it would be great if um, Spike had gone to Riley and told him, you know, poked him about Angel. I just got this image in my head of Spike, like going do 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 do, going to see, going to see Riley, and then you see in the foreground Riley and Angel. You see Spike in the background, and then you just hear Spike say, "My job's done already," and walk away. Yeah, like that would have been great. Like if he would have, if Spike would have been on his way to go fuck with Riley. But then he would see Riley and Angel already there. And he'd be like, well, I don't have to do anything now. It did it for me. Right? Perfect. All right. That is it for this week. Thank you all for listening. And make sure to join us next time when we take on season four, episode 21, Prime Evil. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!